Hello, uh, welcome to the Mr. G podcast. I am Gregory Brandt, Mr. G. I like whipped cream in my coffee. Today is January 11th, 2023. That's a beautiful cup of coffee. It's gingerbread coffee. Shout out Melissa in Delaware for the gingerbread coffee. <clears throat> in the lovely Hard Rock Cafe, Honolulu Hard Rock Cafe. And on this cold winter day in Hawaii, it is morning time. It's 8.37 a.m. And uh, it's one of the coolest days in Hawaii, I got to say, in the last couple of years. Um, I think it got down to uh, 61, 62 degrees in town in Honolulu, which is nothing uh, compared to the blizzard hitting the Midwest today and tomorrow. The high in Denver on Saturday tomorrow is 11 degrees on monday the high in denver is six degrees and it's even colder uh in michigan and wisconsin where they're expecting over a foot of snow uh so i cannot complain one of the reasons why i moved to hawaii one of the reasons why i've, I've been here this is my 11th year in hawaii is because of the weather this time of year there's very few places you can go in the united states where it's not cold you have Hawaii and South Florida. That's about it. It was warm in Texas as it is before cold fronts. I grew up in Texas and it was warm in Texas. I noticed for the past few days, uh, maybe a high of 70, 75 degrees, sunny skies. But then it changes so quickly and it's going to be very cold. It, it, it is warm in Texas, especially in the summer. In summers, it's straight hot. You have, you know, sometimes three months of 100 degrees plus weather of uh, scorching sun in Texas during the summer. But uh, as far as South Texas, where I'm from, San Antonio and Austin, it freezes about 30 to 40 nights a year. And those are too many for me. Uh, I don't like cold weather at all. And so uh, that's one reason why I've been in Hawaii so long. And I don't plan on uh, leaving the latitudes uh, near the equator personally. So, um, I, I feel for all the people um, out there, uh, but at least you're in the United States and you're in a safe country. There's wars going on throughout the world right now. Uh, some big news today, Biden decided to bomb Yemen without Congress's approval. Uh, that seems like something that's been going on uh, with presidents recently. I think Donald Trump was um, guilty of that as, and Barack Obama was definitely guilty. Uh, these secret wars the United States have been involved in for decades. Uh, our secret wars used to be secret. What happened, guys? Now everybody knows. But look what they're doing to Julian Assange, the United States government, the, um, uh, the British government. And the only government protecting him is the Russian government. Can you believe that? Um, just because he's um, unveiling uh, corrupt activities of uh, government officials and uh, that's and the government owns the media and in other countries like North Korea and Russia they don't and China they don't hide the fact that it's a government owned media but in the United States it's a little more subtle I guess um, so yeah Biden is bombing Yemen there's another war that the United States is involved in uh, as well as the proxy war going on in Israel and Gaza and the proxy war going on in the Ukraine uh, American tax money is going to fund wars that Americans do not support. 
Uh, with that being said, we have a the United States election coming up. 2024, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, the powers that be, some of the powers that be, they want to do everything they can to see Donald Trump not in the office. So even if you don't support Donald Trump, I think it's become bigger than Donald Trump. It's more about freedom of speech and American democracy. Uh, you should not have the right to imprison your political opponents, regardless. You should not be, you should not have the right to silence uh, freedom, for, for side of, silence any type of speech, whether you disagree with that speech or not. And uh, those are the two uh, main issues at stake here in this election. So I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. There's probably going to be assassination attempts on Donald Trump. The election is in November, so it's less than a year away. And the first uh, caucus is in Iowa um, one week from today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so things are going to get started pretty quickly. And it's one of the uh, most uh, bizarre one reason why I like politics is because it's a circus act. And this is the biggest circus act uh, since 1972. Hunter S. Thompson wrote a great book on the campaign trail of 1972. And uh, if he was alive today, he'd be rolling in his grave. This is insane what is happening with this election. You can't really even tell who the front runners is. On the last podcast, I went over the Vegas odds. So uh, if you want to know uh, the truth, follow the money. And apparently Donald Trump is the favorite to win the presidency. Uh, Joe Biden is in second, but then you have people like Michelle Obama and uh, all these other people. Uh, the news today is, uh, uh, or the buzz around YouTube and social media is who is gonna be Donald Trump's running mate. But the vice president, that doesn't come till way further down the line, but it is interesting to think about. And people have suggested RFK Robert F. Kennedy. And I think that would be great for Donald Trump. He did a town hall recently. And I saw some commentators on the left even have to tip their hat to Donald Trump. They said, oh, wow, he was actually very calm and collective. And he seemed more presidential than he ever has before. And these were people on the left that do not support Donald Trump. And I did not see the town hall, but I, um, I just saw I just I just watched the reviews. I can't be asked. But um, apparently um, he has taken, down, taken it down a notch. And uh, I think uh, having a Democratic uh, vice president uh, would be a, a great appeal to the other side. And I actually support Vivek. And Vivek um, is, is fifth right now in the uh, Vegas odds, I believe. He's like 20 to one odds to win the presidency. And he's one of the, he's the youngest candidate. And so a lot of times you have a president, an older president that picks a younger candidate, which makes sense in case something happens to the president. And Vivek and Donald Trump have a lot of the same ideas and they're very bold and outspoken. But if he wants to you know, guarantee victory, it's probably better to go with uh, Robert F. Kennedy. Vivek doesn't seem like he's going to not uh, get out of politics. I think he will be president one day, uh, just not in uh, 2024. And as Patrick Bet, uh, Bet David said uh, the other day, um, this is going to be the last election where the mainstream media, the legacy media, has any say. So the 2024 election, um, it, it, that's it. They're 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 going to have a little bit of push here, a little bit of play, a little bit of cards to to play the mainstream media, but not many. And in 2028, it's going to be all podcasts. It's going to be all independent journalists. 
And even now, the people that are getting cable is less and less. Um, in 2020, it was you know 30% of households had cable. In 2021, 29% of households had cable. 2022, 27% of households have cable. And that keeps on going down. Uh, you know, there are streaming services and cable is trying to you know, connect with the streaming services to make a bundled package. And they're also, uh, you know, doing, you know, uh, cellular service. And it's tempting if you're, um, you know, if you have like home internet that's usually done by the cable company and it's these huge companies that they see where they're going to, where they see where the future holds and they're trying to stay relevant, uh, which they are doing with uh, streaming services and, a um, bunch of other things. The one thing that, that cable is keeping cable alive is cable news uh, because a lot of older people feel connected to these talking heads on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. And uh, they come home from their jobs because uh, more older people are working now than ever before. People in their 70s and 80s are still working. And they're not just Walmart greeters. They have all kinds of jobs. But they come home from work and a lot of them, their kids are growing up and out of the house. And you know, they feed the dogs, they feed the cats, they, they turn on the television because that's comfortable. And then they see the familiar face because humans like familiarity and they, they listen and they agree and they want to agree and uh, they want everything uh, you know, to, that they say to agree with their previous mindset to begin with. So uh, cable news and sports as well. Sports is keeping uh, cable alive as well. And, and you say, what is with you, Mr. G? You do like sports? Or do you not like sports? You talk trash about people that watch sports, but then you also talk about sports. Yes, I like sports, but I like sports for different reasons. And I don't generally like the people that like sports as well. So with that being said, the, the, my main sport is NBA basketball. I've always loved basketball. I started watching it probably... 1987, uh, you know, more uh, seriously in 1989 when the Spurs drafted David Robinson. So I've been watching it for uh, over 30 years, almost 40 years. And I took a few years off there around COVID. And um, a couple other times I took some years off. But it's an eight, nine-month season. And uh, the NBA basketball, it's, it's, it's one of the most exciting things uh, to watch if you don't normally like sports. I, I've found basketball, NBA basketball in particular, is a great uh, sport to get people that don't normally watch sports into sports because you can see the players right there. It's fast-paced. It's exciting. They're playing above like the rim in the sky. There's, there's lots of uh, things going on. The announcers uh, make it uh, great. The, with the fans right there on the court, uh, close to the court, that makes it exciting as well. Um, you know, the hottest ticket is still you know, Madison Square Garden in New York City or Staples Center in LA. And those are the most expensive seats, the most expensive tickets, because you're right there, you're on camera. And so that's why Hollywood goes to the Lakers games. That's why uh, Hollywood on the East Coast, go to the famous celebrities go to the Knicks games. And um, it's a really, you know, not a complicated sport. You have a ball and you know, you have a goal and you have these people on your team and you're trying to get the ball into the goal and the other people on the other opposing team are trying to stop you from achieving that goal. So it's a metaphor for life. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, I guess basketball, I wonder if I wasn't, you know, six foot three, if I would like basketball as much as I did, because uh, growing up, I didn't start off liking basketball, but people kind of pushed me into it. So like, oh, you're tall. You should like basketball. You should play basketball. And so 
that was the thing where you where you're born and where you grew up has a lot to do your environment has a lot to do with the person that you are there's a reason that there's muslim countries and 90 percent of the people in that country are muslim uh you know there's very few christians there's very few jews uh there's very few hindus uh there's very few buddhists or, or depending on what country that you grow up in if you grow up in the bible belt in the united states you're more likely to be christian than you are muslim if you grow up in uh, you know, like I said, a Muslim country, you're more likely to be Muslim. And I guess the environment that I grew up in, basketball was really popular. Uh, that was the sport everybody mainly watched. And that's the sport that, um, you know, the ratings have uh, suffered somewhat in the last decade or two. Uh, a lot having to do with like LeBron James and uh, being politically woke. And people just want to see the games. They just want to see the entertainment. So that's one reason that they've lost ratings. But still, I think it will always bounce back. Like baseball had to change their whole format and to make it faster. And American football, it's not watched anywhere else in the world except in the United States. Basketball has been growing worldwide in the time that I've been watching it. When I started watching it in the 80s and 90s, there were very few European players. Just about every player in the NBA was from the United States and it wasn't played around the world. Basketball in the last 20, 30 years has been, become a world game. Last night they played a NBA regular season game in Paris. The Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Brooklyn Nets. Tony Parker, shout out San Antonio Spurs, was uh, courtside. And it was kind of a big deal and it was a good game. Um, uh, Donovan Mitchell for the Cavs had his uh, a season high in points. And they talked to the commissioner I was going to say David Stern, but they talked to the commissioner, Mr. Penis Head, and uh, he said that they're going to have more games in France next year, um, uh, probably highlighting uh, some of the French players currently playing in the NBA. There's over 30 players uh, from France on NBA rosters, uh, led by my favorite player, Victor Wimbenyamba for the San Antonio Spurs. So I'm expecting the Spurs uh, to have a game in Paris on the schedule next year as well. Uh, last night in the NBA, uh, there was a lot of blowouts. Um, you know, you get the uh, second game of back-to-back. -back. They're trying to eliminate back-to-back -back games. And the NBA commissioner said, it's oh, it's because players need the rest and it's for, to prevent injury. But it's also um, because in Las Vegas or betters worldwide, uh, one of the best, easiest bets in sport betting is in the NBA, when a team has the second game of back-to-back, -back, you bet against that team. Uh, if the other team isn't playing the second game of a back-to-back, -back, so that team has more rests. Uh, the NBA, it's it's an 82-game season. It's a long season. Uh, they have to be in the top shape. Other than soccer, there's probably no other sport where you're running so much. So uh, if they don't have their legs under them, it makes a huge difference, especially if the teams on the road have a second game of a back-to-back. -back. If they're going somewhere like Denver, think about that you're playing at a different altitude and you played the night before and the team that's hosting you did not play. And you saw that last night when the Celtics got blown out at Milwaukee. Uh, the Celtics played a very close overtime game last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, so they were tired. And then when they got to Milwaukee, it was over between before the first half. The, they got blown out. Um, speaking of blowouts, the best team in the West right now, um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think they're tied for first place with Minnesota. Uh, they beat the Blazers by 62 points last night. 
this year in the NBA is is interesting for many reasons. It's the highest scoring season of of any uh, season in the NBA, and a lot of that has to do with the three point shot. It's the most important shot and the most important skill in basketball today, being able to hit a three point shot. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, that's one reason why they're scoring so much, but. But you have a uh, huge blowouts and you have teams scoring 150 points. It's not uncommon. You got to mention uh, Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers uh, leading a historical offense where they've scored uh, 150 points multiple times this season. And they're a fun team to watch. He's uh, suffering an injury. I looked into it. It's only be out a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the uh, best NBA seasons. You have two of the best rookies that have come in the NBA. They're both over seven feet tall. They both can handle the rock. They both can take their man off the dribble. They both can shoot a fadeaway three-pointer. Uh, and it's really exciting. A few years ago during COVID in 2020, it felt like uh, the curtain was taken behind the NBA uh, where they had the slogans on the, the woke slogans on the back of their jerseys. And instead of fans in the seats, they had strange ass television, Mad Max heads, you know, like cheering. And uh, I stopped watching basketball for a few years, uh, but this is the first season that I've really gotten into it. And uh, the best thing about NBA basketball is the underlying uh, storylines, not necessarily the game. And there's so many interesting storylines this year uh, with Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs being one of the worst teams in the league, but still very exciting to watch. And the Lakers drama, uh, LeBron James, um, 39 years old, uh, playing incredible, playing like no other 39-year-old has ever played in the history of basketball. There's been other 39-year-olds that have played, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Tim Duncan, uh, Manu Ginobili. Many players have played in the 39-40, but they only averaged like four or five points. LeBron James was averaging like 25 points and eight assists. This is pretty odd. I wonder if there's any federal investigations going on with PEDs that have LeBron James or LeBron James's wife's name written in it. I don't know. Maybe there is. <laughs> maybe the media just isn't talking about it. Maybe there's some other reason LeBron James is playing this well at this age. Hmm. I don't know. Um, there, there is a, another story. If you look into it, uh, LeBron James and his wife were both uh, mentioned multiple times on a federal investigation um, but with a uh, federal steroid, not steroid, but a PED investigation. I don't want to get my words incorrect. And his name was mentioned multiple times as well as his wife's name. And, and, and something is up there. It's not like LeBron James is that much better than everybody else. It's not like every other human is right here. LeBron James is right up here. If you look at LeBron James throughout his career, he's required special treatment. Uh, for the last 20 years, unlike any other NBA player before. And so it does not skirt my mind to think that he's using some sort of uh, special treatment. Oh, he's just that, you know, anybody talks to LeBron James that's been around him, he, they say he cookies and candy and he and pizza and chicken. And uh, he does not, you know, but then you see a commercial and he's like eating LeBron James is so good because he's eating salad, you know. And, and if you read this book, The Horror of Akron, it says all that. It's written by a former Cleveland sports journalist um, that was chased out of the town, basically. But it's a very interesting book that describes uh, somebody that uh, had first, ac first access knowledge to LeBron James. And uh, I believe it's probably banned in most bookstores because 
uh, everything is owned by a few, you know, corporations and that, and one of the, and LeBron James works for the powers that be. Uh, so with that being said, um, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, the Mr. G Hawaii podcast. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple podcasts, um, Amazon podcasts, Audacity podcasts, Spotify podcasts, and full episodes of the Mr. G Hawaii Gregory Brandt podcasts are uploaded in their entirety on Twitter at twitter.com slash Gregory Brandt and on YouTube at youtube.com slash Gregory Brandt. Thank you for listening and have a nice day. Have a wonderful day. Aloha Friday here in Honolulu. Cheers.